Nationally ranked academics and a 94% job placement rate are hallmarks of an Ohio Northern University education. Polar Preview Day is November 9th. Visit onu.edu for details. Listen to Kingdom Authority with your host, Dancia J. Morris, on Kingdom Empower Incorporated. We're here to educate, motivate, and elevate your mind, body, and spirit. If you have questions or comments, or just want to talk to your host, you can call in at 646-668-2413, or listen in online at landministries.com. And now, here's your host. Dancia J. Morris. Good evening. Good evening. So excited for tonight on Kingdom Authority broadcast. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Morris, and I am super excited to be with each and every one of you on this wonderful evening. This is definitely the day that the Lord has made, and I hope you're rejoicing. I hope you're glad, and I hope you're praising God because this is the day that God is is having us to, to make sure and worship him and to honor women in leadership on tonight. I am excited about our guests on tonight, and I do want to jump right on in. Thank you for each and every one of you who are joining in. I see you, and I God bless each and every one of you. I pray that you are operating with authority in your territory. It's all about exercising and utilizing the spiritual gifts that God has placed in each and every one of us. It may be one, it may be three, it may be seven. Whatever God has given you, operate in that spiritual gifting. Utilize your talents and allow God to use you to build up the kingdom of God. Listen, I am excited because we have two women of God that I believe who are um, first in everything that they're doing and what they're doing. This is a great time, and I want you to listen intentionally to these women on tonight and make sure you hear everything that they're saying. Get your pen and your paper. Get your pencil and paper. I don't care if you have an iPad, um, Android, iOS, which is iPhone, Get it out so that you can jot down some notes. I still receive quite a few questions, and we won't be able to get to all of them, but I want you to know, women, we are listening. We definitely hear what you're saying, what you're asking, and what you want to know. And guess what? Tonight is the night, and God just ordained it for these two women to come together, and they're going to answer some of the questions that you have. But first, I want to make sure and introduce them, and we're going to pray so that we can go right into our wonderful guest. Father, we thank you. We definitely praise you. You are El Shaddai. You're definitely the God that's more than enough. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being our giver. Thank you, O God, for giving us life. You are the bread of life. Thank you, O God, for being Jehovah. You, God, are omnipotent. We thank you for 
for being omnipresent, God. We thank you, oh God, for being our sustainer, our strength, and our peace, and our joy. Yes, God, you are everything that we absolutely ever need. And Father, we put no other God before you. We say yes. Put a yes in our soul, Lord. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your way. And whatever you tell us to do, God, I pray that there is a spirit of obedience unto you. Father, I thank you right now for these women who are coming, these beautiful women who are coming. I pray, Lord, that portals are open for them, God. Supernatural porters are portals are open, God, and that they will walk in it. And God, doors that they shouldn't walk in, close them in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for sustaining them. Keep them healthy, God. Keep them strong so that they can carry, Lord, this gospel, so that they can carry, Lord, the message that you have for them to send to this world, Father. I pray, God, that ears are opened so that they can hear what these women are saying. I pray, Lord, that hearts are open so that it will penetrate, God, the message will penetrate, and, Father, that it will fall on good ground in the name of Jesus. We glorify you for everything that they touch, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that they maintain a pure heart, Lord. Thank you, O God, for them walking in victory. Thank you that they triumph, Father. Thank you that they walk, God, in supernatural power in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God, we glorify you for women that continue to pursue in the name of Jesus. Let them, oh, God, begin to walk in divine destiny, God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And thank you, oh, God, that you've given them supernatural power to do what they have been put on this earth to do. It is in Jesus' name that I pray, God, that we continue to operate with authority, in authority, in our territory, God, not being concerned with everyone on our left and right, in front of us, behind us, but in the space and the presence that you have placed us in, that we will walk with divine favor, that we will walk in the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, over their ministries in the name of Jesus and those who are surrounded by them, that they will lift these women up in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray, God, that you will begin to sprinkle, oh, my, 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 that you will begin to sprinkle even supernatural knowledge, God, that far exceeds where they even been, God, that you will take them, God, in the spirit realm, in the future, God, before they even step foot into it. Oh, God, open up, God. Open up portals, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your divine favor upon Dr. Yvette Rice, for your divine favor upon Dr. Amanda Goodson. Lord, they are your daughters, and God, because of your daughters, your hand of protection is on them. Now, God, the anointing that rests upon them, the anointing that rests upon them, let it flow, God, into the young ladies and the young men that they that they begin to touch their lives, God, and they will walk, God, in divine obedience and favor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Oh, my, 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 God. Amen. Lord, have mercy. I see that. Woo, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you, um, people that are listening in, I'm praying for you specifically as well on tonight. I am just a, today the Lord's been dealing with supernatural portals being opened unto several different women. And so I pray.
pray right now. It's not just for the women. Please understand that. But how he dealt with me is that it's definitely for some women who are pursuing. And listen, there's some things I want you to know you're going to go after. You're not looking to recover all because there's some things that the devil took you don't need to get back. And so let them have it. If it's not for your good, if God did not say is supposed to be in your life, I pray you know and be are selective about what you pursue and what you recover in the name of Jesus. I I, I glorify God. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Oh, y'all know I like to pray. So I'm praying for each and every one of you on tonight. And specifically for some certain women, um, the Lord is opening up, I'm telling you. So walk in that favor of God. Don't be concerned about everything around you. You see it and pray for things, but don't be so concerned that it consumes you and you can't be consistent in the path that God has you on. All right, praise God. So I want to I want to introduce our guests on tonight. We're talking about women in leadership, and I'm already behind schedule, but I want you to understand these are some powerful women of God who I've been, ever since I had the phone first phone call with them, I've been praying for them, and I tell you, this, there's something that's going to happen, not because of my prayers, because they have been faithful and because they are God's chosen, that's going to happen. So I want to read some bios, and it's going to be pretty lengthy, I'm going to tell you, but I think it's very pertinent for tonight. And so I want to read this. And the first one I want to read about is um, Dr. Yvette Rice. Let me tell you something. This is a, She's passionate about adding value to others. Dr. Yvette Rice uses her prophetic voice nationally to help people in recognizing their God-given gifts and potential. Um, she serves as co-pastor at the New Genesis Community Church in Tanner, Tanner, Alabama. Somebody at, in, in Alabama ought to shout something for New Genesis Community Church, where her husband, Dr. Sam Rice, serves as senior pastor and bishop. I'm telling you, I love couples in ministry. As a small business owner, Rice uses her visionary leadership ability, trained expertise, and motivational, inspirational speaking skills to help others realize their true capabilities, and maximize their potential. Serving as a leader in the marketplace, Rice has over 30 years combined experience as an engineer, project manager, technical writer, and professional development trainer for multiple government agencies as a civilian employee and contractor. Thank God. Additionally, Rice provides services for commercial and nonprofit organizations. She has trained both nationally and internationally. As the owner of LLVE LLC, Rice helps individuals and organizations raise their level of potential while finding the excellence within, thus promoting the fulfillment of purpose. I love that. Rice has a Bachelor of Science degree in Petroleum Engineering from the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and a master's and doctoral degree in theology from the North Carolina College of Theology Satellite Extension Program, Wilmington, North Carolina. She is also a certified trainer, coach, and speaker through the John Maxwell Online University Certification Program. Woo-woo! Additionally, Rice is a 2018 Strayer University Town Project Scholarship recipient and is an MBA candidate through the Jack Welch Management Institute MBA program. I know about Jack Welch being a GEICO employee. Rice is the published author of inspirational life development book, Mountain Moving Made 
easy. Thank you, Jesus. And she and her husband have two children, Samuel Christopher, and I hope I'm saying this right, Sharnae Yvette, a daughter-in-law, Amber, and beautiful granddaughters, Emery and Malay. I'm so excited and pleased, you all. Welcome, Dr. Yvette Rice. Dr. Rice, can you please just say something to our listening audience? Uh, good evening, everyone, and I am just really excited to be here, and such a pleasure, and I know that the word that goes forth and the things that we share will be uh, imparted, and I believe that it will cause growth for all of us, so thank you for having me, Nancy. Thank you so much. All right, let's just step right into um, the bio for Dr. Amanda. I want you to listen attentively, attentively, everyone. Dr. Amanda H. Goodson is a native of Decatur, Alabama, and currently resides in Tucson, Arizona, where God has entrusted her to serve as pastor of Trinity Temple Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. She plans and facilitates seminars, workshops, and retreats for the church. She also serves as the chair of the Arizona-New Mexico Region Joint Board of Finance. She enjoys her ministry work in the Ninth Episcopal District. Listen, God gifted Dr. Goodson with her contagious energy, true story, interactive methods, and engaging style that stems from an amazing background of more than 25 years of experiences leading and managing people and complex systems before becoming a pastor. She was employed as an aerospace engineer at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center. Dr. Goodson served as the first African-American woman appointed as Director of Safety and Mission Assurance with over 35 successful launches under her leadership. I'm telling y'all, I don't know anyone else like this. And, you know, I know I don't, um, I'm a little old girl in Tucson, Arizona, but I know some people, but I don't know anyone like this. At her current company, Dr. Goodson is a is senior leader in Program Management Excellence, PMX, as business operations manager, staff executive, and landed company program lead. She is responsible to drive strategy and to deploy an executable and sustainable business model for her focused areas. Dr. Goodson is the 2018-2019 conference year chair for the Advancing Minorities Interest in Engineering Board of Directors representing her company. Also, she is a consultant for the Life Group and other organizations on strategy, execution, business development, and Money in Motion programs. I absolutely love that. Dr. Goodson is an independent, certified John Maxwell speaker. Woo-woo! trainer and coach, and is also author of over 20, hear this, over 20 books. She is also a certified DISC disc trainer. God has empowered Dr. Goodson to be a spirit-led preacher, teacher, trainer, and coach for churches and faith-based groups. She gives God glory as he allows her to inspire others to learn more about being a spirit-led kingdom ambassador in the world today. Dr. Goodson's purpose is to fill the earth with the knowledge of God's glory by serving the Lord boldly through her ministry, bringing others closer to Christ and introducing him to those who have not accepted him as their personal savior. That's what it's about. God's word is her authority. Woo! Yes. Dr. Goodson believes that God's presence and power is almighty and worthy to be praised. Further, she knows that God will make things happen through his people. 
listen, people. Mm. Dr. Goodson has a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Tuskegee University, a master's degree in management from Florida Institute of Technology, and a doctorate of ministry from United Theological Seminary. She is married to Lonnie Goodson, Jr., and has one son. Both are active in her church and the community. I want Dr. Goodson to come on, and can you just greet our listening audience, please? Good evening, everybody. Thank you so very much, Dancia. Uh, wow, God is so amazing. I'm excited and humbled and encouraged to be able to share with uh, the, the listening audience today. And I look forward to the Holy Ghost just do his thing and for us all to be enlightened by what he does. So thank you so very much. Absolutely wonderful. Well, since you're, you're on, I want you to tell us just a little bit about yourself um, as well. There may be something that we've missed here that you feel the people of God need to know in this day and age, and especially all the women that are on right now. All right. Thank you so very much for asking that. Um, I'm really excited about God. God is really showing us that he's doing some things awesome in the supernatural realm, and that's above science and mathematics and what we normally uh, see. And he's saying that he's uh, operating and also establishing and releasing a mantle for supernatural wisdom, for supernatural power, for supernatural wealth, and supernatural health. And so um, when we talk about um, this book, as we get further along, then I just want to impress upon the people that God is really doing some mighty things for us and, and for his kingdom. And so um, for me, I really enjoy pastoring in my church and working in the community. I travel a lot um, to speak to organizations, so I really love doing that. I get a chance to talk to um, people uh, of all races and all colors and ethnic backgrounds and all across the across the United States and in other countries. So I'm excited about that. So that's pretty much what I want to say right now, but I look forward to getting into further conversation with you a little bit later. Awesome. I thank you so much. Dr. Um, Yvette, if you can just come on and share something that we may have missed or not said so the people of God, especially the women, um, can listen in to that as well. I'd like to say that one of the most exciting things about my life is that I'm God's servant. Um, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, a mother-in-law and love, um, and I'm a grandmother, and that I'm passionate about adding value to the lives of women who are seeking to fulfill their purpose. Uh, I just feel like that's the, the, one of the greatest callings that God has for me, and I love what I'm doing. I I uh, had to take a leap, leap of faith to start Live LLC, and it actually stands for Learning to Live in Victory and Excellence. But I believe that is something that God mm. wants all of us as his children to, to do is to learn to live in victory and excellence, that we're supposed to live victoriously. And it is just my passionate desire to help people fulfill that um, calling from God for us to be victorious as well as excellent in what we do. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, ladies. I, I'm telling you, I feel honored to have the both of you on the Kingdom Authority broadcast with King, under Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated, Dr. Donna Ganey um, of Brooklyn, New York. I am excited because I, I really believe, you know, I've, I've known Dr. Amanda Goodson, um, but meeting you, Dr. Yvette, has been um, even better for my life. And you, 
y'all don't we've only talked a couple of times, but just those two times have been inspirational to me and to help me. You y'all didn't know it, it would help me to push forward. And so, women that are listening, you need women like this in your life just to pour into, to listen to, and then follow. I'm just going to tell you that. And to follow, you definitely want to follow God, but I believe God is in them. So let's get into the discussion on the book, um, and I'm going to let you two just pour in for the next few minutes on that. Okay. Um, I'd like to start off. This is Dr. Goodson, Amanda Goodson. Some people call me Amanda, some Dr. G, some Dr. Goodson. But I was in in prayer, and I actually offered this idea to someone else. I'm like, this is what you should do. And then God put in my heart, he goes, no, I need you to do it. So he wanted me to get women with like minds to come and talk about their challenges and how they overcame their challenges. And throughout scripture, uh, God strategically placed women in specific places and times to bring about change in people in the world. And that's what I believe that he's doing right now is he's using us as women. And, of course, men as well. I do not want to leave them out. But he's causing us in the kingdom to bring about a remarkable change in the world and to bring hope to his people. And so when we do that, it won't be without challenges. And in this hour, God is doing specific things and giving us specific assignments as our women in the ministry. And so this particular book, it highlights 11 women who tell their unique stories about courage, tenacity, triumph, and they also um, seek to inspire people in this book. So God says, bring these ladies with like minds, and here's the things that, the things that they, we have in common. Each one of us loved the Lord, and we were uh, believers and in ministry in some kind of way, either in the marketplace or in the church. And then as well, we also have business, we're businesses, we're entrepreneurs, we're people and leaders in, in industry. And so to look at the marketplace and knowing something that God has placed, coupled with um, ministry and loving God and, and creating harmony with um, those and talking about your life and talking about the challenges that, that um, they've had. And God says, bring them together. And what he said to me, he said, write books and more books books and more books. And so I was like, okay, God, um, this, is a, this is a lot. He said, write the book and get it done. We started the book at the beginning of the summer, and the book uh, came out on September 17th, so it, it's out there uh, on Amazon. But that's what he said to do, bring the ladies together, write books and more books, and I want the world to know that everything that they're going through, if they're not alone, that there are other people that are going through it as well. So I called um, Dr. Rice, I called him back, and I said, hey, God is pulling me and putting this in my heart. Would you like to join me and partner in writing this book? She goes, you're not going to believe this. God just dropped this scripture in my spirit that would be perfect for this particular book. The name of the book is Women in Leadership Living Beyond Challenges. And she says, I have the perfect scripture. So what I'd like to do is just ask her to read that scripture, talk about what it meant to us and how that wove uh, an impression in all of us for us to create the book that God had wanted us to write for uh, his kingdom. Okay. Um, So the the scripture that the Lord gave me, and I'm going to read it for you, is um, actually Matthew 
It's five, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, we are the light of the world, and it is our time to shine. Or that's what I, I put that title in front of it. It starts out, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so when, I, when, when Amanda started sharing about that book, all I could think about was, okay, God has us as women, because we're talking about women tonight. I know he has his sons, the men as well. But God has us strategically placed to be a light to shine for his glory. And we are strategically placed in the marketplace, uh, regardless of our professions, our career path, or the life path that we are going in. The Lord places us there for a reason. And many times when we're in a place, some of us, we may be discontent. You may be discontent even right now. But you have to know that you're being placed there for a reason. And even though there are challenges, um, that challenges that are not only for you to grow, but for other people to see you fight through those challenges. And so I'll turn it back to Dr. Uh, Amanda because what she did, and God led her to the 11 women that came together to do this book or to write this book, um, each one of us, we're out in the marketplace to shine, and each one of us had challenges. And probably every one of us, from what, well, actually, you'll read in the book, we all at some point wanted to, to hide under a basket, but God wouldn't allow it because he wanted us to shine for his glory, to draw other people, other men, and other women to him. So I'll let you take it from there, uh, Dr. Amanda. You can share about the ladies and the, who they are and how God brought us together. Right, and so what I want to do is introduce you to these 11 remarkable women who have unique stories of courage, tenacity, and triumph, and how God elevated them and inspired them inspired them to take their place. And that's exactly what God is going to do for the ladies listening uh, tonight. God is going to uh, impress upon you to take your place and how you can make a remarkable change in every area of your life, in all the areas and the aspects in which you um, you serve and where you operate according to your purpose. So um, we have Pastor Rosalind Longmire, who is one of our authors. I'd like to introduce you to these 11, 11 ladies. Dr. Jana Loveless, she's out of Alabama, and she is a licensed psychologist. And I'm going to give a shout-out to these ladies because many of them will be on the call tonight. They may even want to answer some questions themselves. Jeannie Lynch, who's a licensed psychologist. Jenna Moore, who is a former FBI agent, and she's now cyber over a major corporation, and she's over the whole company of their cyber. Melissa Morrison Ellis. Uh, she, oh, and, and Jenna Monroe, she lives in California. Jeannie lives in Alabama. Melissa Morrison Ellis, uh, she now lives in Alabama, but she's uh, from the East Coast, and uh, she is just an analytical uh, genius and analytical guru in continuous management and continuous improvement in the area where she works. 
Uh, and then Catherine Ripley, we call her Cat Ripley. Cat has, is just an amazing person. She's a naval, former naval officer, lived in over 80 countries, speaks three or four languages, was an ambassador to the United States uh, for Africa as well as Asia. Uh, Odetta Scott, who also was in the, uh, the Navy Academy, the Naval Academy and engineer, and also a continuous improvement guru and can work analytic, data analytics like nobody's business. She's really good. Sharon Womble King, and she lives up, I think she's in, she's from Florida, actually Gainesville, Florida, and I think she's in Pennsylvania now. Uh, she just moved. She's senior vice president for communications over several hospitals and several uh, entities, and she also owns her own company as well. And then we have Amory Wetton, who just moved from Tucson to Alabama, and um, she is like a chief of staff for senior leaders and also uh, a proposal manager expert uh, of its kind. She owns her own business, and she has um, uh, several people that support her business and, and does a really good job. So, and then also with Dr. Yvette Rice, and now she lives in Alabama as well, and her company, Live LLC. I mean, she can knock it out of the park. If you're looking at technical writing and looking at proposals, um, this book talks about that and what she does there, and, and then in her ministry. And then, of course, myself, um, Dr. Amanda Goodson, President and CEO of. AGG, Amanda Goodson Global, and the book uh, tells you, like I said, more about these ladies, but it's just like we, when we were writing the stories, the people were writing their stories and sharing, or we were reading some of it, you know, just getting snippets of what uh, the, the stories are, are about their life and that kind of thing and how they overcame challenges, we were like weeping. Some people were really crying. My eyes got watery. Uh, I don't don't do much crying nowadays, but my eyes got watery, and you know people were like, "Oh, this is amazing! This is amazing!" All the ladies were really excited, and they're especially excited to share their their lessons with you and share their challenges with you, and how they still came out on top as a leader. So I want to turn it back over to you, Dancia. Thank you so very much for this time. We really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be able to lay the framework about the book and later. I'm honored. This is just amazing. So I do, I do have a couple of questions based on what you all um, just brought to the table here. The scripture very, very well is befitting um, because this is the, this is definitely the time that the the Lord is allowing us to shine our light. He's always allowing us, but He's just really working with women to shine our light in the marketplace, especially right now um, in the communities and in the marketplace. So I'm just I'm excited about that. There was a couple of things that um, that you all said that um, this book, I think Dr. Yvette actually spoke specifically about this. This book allows other people to see you fight through those challenges. And a lot of people, I, want, I think there's a lot of questions I have um, formulated in my mind regarding that because a lot of people do not want people to know their struggle. And, and and I'm not talking about inward struggle. I'm just saying the things that they face as they're moving forward in life. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, how people can start opening up, especially those who are paving the way like you all have been doing, um, how people can – how can the younger people open up to know it's okay to share 
when you have a fight in life or a challenge in life. Can you just talk about that just a few moments? So let me start that off, uh, if you don't mind. So I was thinking about one of the authors, Odetta Scott, and she talks about being authentic. She tells the story about having a designer bag and, and then having a knockoff. And, and so looking in the bag, you can tell whether or not it's, it's, it's for real and whether it's authentic by seeing the tag. And so what we wanted to do was turn the bag inside out so you can see the authenticity of the bag and the components in it, be vulnerable to the process of sharing our story because also that led to uh, healing and deliverance of, of our own lives and brought us to a different place or a higher level of, of uh, health and healing. And also be transparent with each other and be transparent with the community of people that will share in reading this book. So, you know, it was our time to, to talk about some of the tough things that happened uh, to us along the way and uh, just bring it out and be authentic and, like I said, to be transparent because it's not only going to help us, but it will help others. I appreciate that. Um, was there something you wanted to add to that as well? Uh, yes, as I was, I was looking at the different stories, uh, and each chapter is written by one of the authors. And um, like Jeannie Lynch, um, the that's here in Alabama, her she really had to pour her heart out to open up and share the wounds of and her affliction. And you can read it in the book. And when she poured her heart out. I, I know that it will be uh, useful in the lives of other women because she faced abuse. Um, she was delivered from addictions, and now she's using those very those very things that she went through to actually pour into the lives of other women and um, and men and help them uh, be delivered or from those circumstances. And so, I, and as I look through every one of our stories. We probably, in fact, uh, Anne Marie and I and Melissa were together at lunchtime today, and we actually, uh, Anne Marie shared how he, uh, as she was telling her story and opening up, there were some wounds and, and situations in her testimony and things she overcame. She said that she began to weep with our editor because she was so transparent and um, so open, but as I read her story, I felt like I was sitting there with her, and and that's what's so important. Uh, the scripture tells us in Revelations 12 and 11, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So our testimony is so important to others being able to overcome. Yeah, yeah. So, That's a you know, powerful. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, okay, thank you. So then, you know, I was thinking about that scripture um, that Dr. Um, Deuteronomy 31, where, you know, God was talking to Moses and be strong and be in a good courage. And that's what we're doing. We're looking to be strong and be in a good courage, even going through our challenges. Mm-hmm. And it says on um, verse 8, and the Lord, he is the one that goes before you. And even though you have challenges, even though we may walk through a desert place or through a dry place, 
God says, keep, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Don't be afraid of this maid because I got you. That's Deuteronomy 31, 5, 7, and 8. Yes, I love how you tie that in because that scripture is so uh, so profound when it comes to what you all are saying and doing and, and talking about. I think that there's a lot of healing that, that can take place through this book so that people can understand that, that we're, or and, and myself, that we're not alone. Because sometimes it feels like we're alone when we're trying to do things and no one understands and we just have to reach out to someone. So I'm, I'm grateful to the both of you, all of the women that have shared and poured out. And I, I'm anticipating, you know, um, going through the challenges a little easier because you all have shared and poured out as well. So I do want to get into some, some questions that have come forth and we have um, people that will come on and ask some of those questions as well. But I had a young lady named Zakia who who asked and wanted to know from the both of you, who is your biggest influence? Um, Amanda, would you like for me to start and then I'll let you close it out? Yes, please. Okay. So looking at it from a... Um, Outside of my relationship with God, uh, I, I, I actually shared this story at, uh, about influence in the, in the book. Uh, my greatest influence came from my mother, uh, Annie Harris, and then my two grandmothers, Eunice Valentine and then Clotilde Harris. I was actually named after my grandmother, Clotilde. But um, they were strong influence. They were very strong women, and... Uh, as I grew up in the 50s, the late, I was born, well, uh, in the early 60s, I was born in 59, and my my mother and my grandmother, they were very strong women, and, you know, during that time, um, men expected women to just be in the kitchen and be home, and I watched my mother go back to college while we were in middle school, and get an associate degree in education, and then she went and got a BS degree in education, and then she went and got her master's. And during that time, a lot of times women didn't do that. Uh, but because of their perseverance, and I shared a lot of that in, in the book, I was so influenced to even think about becoming an engineer at a time when there were not a lot of women in the field. And also, uh, when I God called me into the ministry, the the denomination that I was raised in for a woman to say she was called to preach was taboo. Uh, I share that story because my husband was a pastor in that denomination, but they were there for me and they were, they were such strong influencers in my life. And Amanda, I think you wanted to share about from a workplace perspective and maybe from personal uh, family as well or others as well. Yeah, so uh, my mother and my father were both very influential in uh, uh, in my life. They were really, really big influences to me and helped to shape and mold me to be the uh, lady I am. In the workplace, there was one gentleman that um, was, back then they would smoke pipes and cigars and cigarettes, you know, in the room with you, and he had a pipe, and he would pull on his pipe, and 
he um, brought me into his office every time I would come and give him a report, then he would tell me what I did wrong. So my goal was to try to to show him that I could do it. And so then he said, you know, I'm looking for somebody that I want to mentor and I want to be an advocate for. And then he said, tell me about your goals. And I told him, you know, he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I told him I wanted his job. And not that I wanted him to get rid of him, but what I wanted to do was I wanted him to move up to it so that I can end up getting his job. And he puffed on his um, pipe and he said, are you serious? And the book tells you a little bit more about that. And I told him, yeah, I'm serious. He says, well, if I, um, if I sponsor you and advocate to you, advocate to you, it's going to be tough. And I told him I can handle it. No problem at all. He went back to the, my high school and asked about me and my character and that kind of thing and my attitude. And he sponsored me, and I ended up, that's how I ended up with that job that I had working uh, as a senior executive on propulsion systems for the space shuttle because he advocated for me uh, along the way, and he allowed me to have opportunities when other people said that I couldn't and they said, said that I shouldn't. He, he said, why not? Let's give her a chance, and that's what he did. I hope you women are listening to that. That is so profound. First of all, for you to even say something like that during that time and say, you know, um, I'm hoping to have your job is pretty bold. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) So I want to ask this question. Um, Where Some people want to know where do we start, you know, they, if there's a person, and this is a young lady named Mariah, she said, I'm starting from scratch. How can I get on the right path to being successful? That is such an awesome, and thank you, Mariah, for the question. That is amazing. Here's the thing that, you know, I would ask a person to consider. Don't see yourself as starting from scratch because you've got shoulders that you can stand on through this book. You'll be able to stand on. Uh, our shoulders, and so you're starting from a platform uh, where you've already had pioneers and people to go before you, so in your particular area, it may look like you're starting out from scratch, but you're not. And Psalm 139 says that God knew you and he formed your inward parts in your mother's womb, and he made you fearful, and he made you wonderful, he made you awesome, because all of his works are marvelous. So so then what I would say to the listener is reform and redirect your thinking. You're not starting from scratch because Jesus already gave you a jump up. You can stand on the shoulders of giants. And so then I would, I would start by looking at people putting the, get the end in mind, having the end in mind here are some things that I want to do. And then work your way back to the day. Here's the goals that I need to achieve. They should be actionable. They should be measurable. They should be specific. And some that you can look at doing and you can see yourself moving uh, forward. There was one, uh, one person that said, you know, even though you can't see the top of the staircase, you can see the next step. So know that you got people with you. Know you got um, the Lord has already planned and he's ordained for you and purposed you to be awesome and wonderful and just take that step. Love it. Mariah, I hope you hear that because actually that's good that's good information for me as I continue is to um just keep taking steps, you know, keep pursuing, keep per- being persistent. Um 
and really following the Lord. So I, I like that. So Lacey had this question. Um, what was your biggest setback as a leader, and then how did you overcome it? You want to take that one, Yvette, and then I can come in? Okay. Um, actually, uh, one of the stories in the book, uh, one of the chapters was written by uh, Odetta, and she shared about she had an illness that caused her to, uh, that created a big setback uh, relative to, to the career plans that she had. And she uh, she ended up having to change her whole perspective because of that. But it was something that really jumped out at me uh, in her story, and it's for all of us, is this, that Romans 8:28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So in life, there are going to be situations where it does not work out like we thought. Uh, when I went off to college, uh, I, I thought I was going to go in there because I was a straight-A student in high school. I didn't have to study hard. And I went off expecting to be this phenomenal engineer making straight A's. And because part of it, a lot of it had to do with, my, with me, I did not plan my life relative to studying and preparation. I just thought it was supposed to happen. And I was faced with a circumstance where my professor told me, you'll never be an engineer. To stand there and listen to him say that to me, it was heart-wrenching. And it was a setback. Mm. But, but God. But God stepped in, wow. uh, connected me with the right people. I I actually repented for being so foolish, and he turned everything around, and he worked it for my good, just like he promises in Romans 8.28. So, you know, there um, there is a, a writer and, and leadership guru that says that sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. So, if you learned in that setback, you didn't lose. You just need to take those steps, uh, look at look at the steps that you made, uh, the things that went back the other way. Sometimes those setbacks are God. In Odetta's case, when you read her story, you're going to find out it was really God that closed that door because they never could diagnose the illness. And once she went in the direction she was supposed to go in, the illness went away. Would you like My to share goodness. some more, Amanda? Yeah, and and you know, actually, Odetta wanted to be an astronaut, and she was in the Naval Academy, right. and had to transition to do something else because she kept um, having to deal with that setback in in her physical body, which would not allow her to be an astronaut. But when you meet Odetta through this book. You're going to see, like uh, Yvette said, how God shifted everything. And it made me think about the story that you, you, you'll uh, uh, think this is amazing because you were just with Melissa today. Melissa Morrison Ellis, you know, um, the editor asked her, uh, did you have a chip on your shoulder? Because there's all kinds of things going on. Being an African-American woman, she wears her a natural hair. You see her picture in the book when you get it. And uh, he says, did you have a chip on your shoulder or somebody had uh, a teacher had a chip on the shoulder. She said, not only did I have a chip on the shoulder, on my shoulder, 
I had a boulder. And so that meant that it made it difficult for her to be able to navigate with ease. And sometimes when we have a chip on our shoulder or a boulder on our shoulder, you know, through the spirit of offense, what that does is that limits our ability to grow, it limits our ability to be able to execute quickly and to be able to accelerate those things that God calls us to do. You know, when I'm thinking about my setback, uh, when I was in NASA, God asked me to leave NASA right after the, the Columbia had exploded, and that's in, in my chapter in the book as well. And so my biggest, biggest setback was not to give God the glory. And all, I did not know that God was waiting for me to emerge and be uh, this beautiful butterfly in Tucson uh, for his kingdom. And so it makes me think about Matthew 6, 33, seek me first the kingdom and his righteousness. Yes. And all that is And I'm sitting up flying space shuttles and seeing astronauts and all of this stuff going on. And I thought it had something to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with God. My setback was for me thinking that I had something to, to do with it, that I was participating in his divine glory in that. But actually what he was doing was facilitating um, the bearing fruit through me. And also he did some pruning of me so that I would give him total glory. I would give him total praise and that I would be the person that he called me to be, not the one that man said that I was. My goodness. I'm telling you, that's ble- you, y'all blessing me right now because I, we, I, sometimes we, we do make it about ourselves. And what it's about is seeking um, the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And, then, and like you said, Matthew 6, 33, all, then all these things shall be added unto you. I think that's so powerful mm-hmm. because many days I am, um, and I thank God for what he has allowed me to do and still doing, but sometimes I have to take a step back, and I'm, this is a transparent moment. I have to take a step back and rethink why am I doing this? Am I doing this for me or am I doing this because God said to do it? And then what does that look like, you know? And have I been obedient in each step? And so I really, it's powerful to hear you all because what's so powerful is that after seeing and hearing, reading what you all have done, and who you all are, I can only say to God be the glory because I hear the things, and I'm going to get to the other questions, I hear the things and the transitions that you all have gone through. And I'm going to be honest, Dr. Goodson, it just makes it more inspirational for me to know this side of you. It just it makes it where I, it, I, want, to, I want to do more for the kingdom of God and that may look different from the next person. Some people are not supposed to be up in the pulpit. You know, they are to be in the, in the government system and operating with the kingdom system and mentality. And so that's where God has placed us. And it's, just, it's an honor to hear you all say this, even me, and I'm almost 50. I, to hear it pushes me. So I, I, think, I want to thank you. Um, <laughs> Almost 50. Oh, my. That's interesting. <laughs> interesting. Do you know when I left? I'm, I'm almost 50-something. We'll add some numbers to that. That is hilarious. 
so when when I left Alabama to come to um, Tucson, when God says I need you to leave that job and go to Tucson in 2003, He told me He says I'm going to tell you the most beautiful thing that you can do for me in 2007. So I had to wait four years, and then He made another promise, and I have not even gotten that fulfilled yet. And you know He says I'm God of your life. I am the King and Lord. Here's what I purpose for you. Go to Tucson. So I came to Tucson, 2007. Wow. He called me to be a, he called me to be a pastor of a church. I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is the most beautiful thing. You know, I've come from flying space shuttles and flying everywhere, doing all this. And the most beautiful thing that I could do was pastor a church in Tucson, Arizona, and hold up the kingdom banner for Christ. And that was the most beautiful thing. And it's in the book. That's the most beautiful thing that I can do for you. I was thinking that he wow. had some mad kind of thing. He said, no, this is it right here. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm in awe. I really am. <laughs> let's, let's keep it moving. The Lord, how mercy is so great. Um, thank you, Jesus. The, so Coco had a question, and her question is, and it kind of relates back to who is your biggest influence, um, whose success story influenced you to start? Amanda, I'll let you start that one. So um, success stories. So when I'm looking at um, success stories to start, it was it was kind of interesting. I'm going to turn it turn it in, and I I have this in, uh, in one of my books. I I thought that I was a nobody. I was told growing up, oh, you can't do it. Just like he's ever saying, women don't do this. Young girls don't get degrees. You don't go to college. You definitely can't be an engineer. And then you definitely can't lead a a, a big team of people. And I remember as a young girl. I used to love math, and I would make all of these different equations of people's uh, tags, and, and I would see a sign, I would see something, and I would say, oh, this is such and such factorial. If I added this and multiplied that, then it'll equal this or it'll equal that, and I just played all these games. And so the school had a, uh, a math competition, and so, uh, and thank you, Coco, for the question. They had a math competition, and then um, in the math competition, I took it for the school, and then the principal at the end of the day, after they had scored everybody's um, scores, I was in the top ten. I was number eight in the whole school in the math competition. <laughs> and then I wanted to go and hide. Oh, my God. Uh, people are going to start noticing me maybe or maybe not. You know, maybe I didn't think much of it until later. <laughs> the gentleman that was a teacher, African-American man in the community, we rode on his van, and then he started talking about so I saw you uh, got I was eighth place. I saw you got eighth place for new beginners. Look at the look at the Lord. I got eighth place on the math competition, and then so it started it started turning things around. So I started admiring him, and then I saw people that were doing some uh, you know some amazing things, and then I said you know I can probably do that too. I had motivational speakers that I would listen to and and books that I could read and things that I did vicariously, like people when they read the book will learn and grow vicariously. And I, I just learned, um, you know, that, hey, this is pretty cool, and I can do it because people are noticing it, and then I have other people um, that I admire that are doing it too. Do you have anything to add to that? 
when you were saying that, you know what, I I went back to your dad. He was an engineer. He was yes. in the military. And yes. I know I know to you he was your dad, but to me he was uh, Uncle Gina. I don't know if we mentioned that we are related. But it was amazing to me in the years that that we were growing up in, he was actually uh, a scientist. And if you think about it, in this in that time, that was pretty amazing. I, I, of course, I was scared to ask him about his job and what he did. <laughs> yeah, right, because he couldn't tell anybody about that. And maybe you can talk about the two brothers and the the daughters and, you know, and that kind of thing, if you would tell that story. But, yeah, that's right. My dad, he was like one of the first engineers in the city, black engineers in the city. And, but, you know, he couldn't tell what he did what he did because he had a, you know, more critical job that was kind of, kind of private, you know, or it was secret. Did you want to talk about that in our family? I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Yes. Um, my, my grandmother, Clotilde, had two sons, my father, Maurice, and then, and Amanda's father, Harold, and both of them had two daughters and all four of us granddaughters graduated uh, with an engineering degree. Amanda and her sister graduated from Tuskegee, and my sister and I graduated from the University of Alabama. Uh, now, my sister probably did, and, well, uh, the three of them did much better than me. My mother always told me that, you know, some people graduate cum laude and magna cum laude. She said, I graduated, <laughs> thank you, laude. And, but you know what, from that, and that was one of the setbacks that I actually had to face, and I thought it was going to keep me from becoming an engineer. But I remember my dad speaking to me one day because I was getting very discouraged, and I shared about this in the book, um, that um, I didn't think I was going to get a job in my field. And, and I was really brokenhearted, and my father would not let me hang my head down. He influenced me. He spoke to me. He said, you deserve the degree you got. The University of Alabama was not giving them away. You earned it, and you're going to get a job. So our fathers were big influences in our lives as well. They sure were. And then also, you know, so the, the one lady had two sons, and each one of the sons had two daughters. All of them, all four of us are engineers, and all four of us have terminal degrees. So um, my sister is a Juris Doctorate, and then my cousin Gloria Yvette's sister also has a, a doctorate degree as well. So all of us have terminal degrees, and it's just amazing that that would happen out of Decatur, Alabama. That is amazing. That is amazing. And that's how God set it up. <laughs> we love it. Exactly. We love it. We honor you women. Right. Because this all happened in the 70s. You ladies were telling your age, and uh, y'all was talking about being in the 50s, and I'm thinking, and here I am. I just turned 60 years old. And that's something for um, the ladies out there to remember. You are never too old to do what God has uh, called you to do. I actually started um, the MBA program that I'm in right now. I started it when I was 60 years old. So I, I feel like uh, Sarah and Elizabeth wow. sometimes, but but I know that it's part of the plan that God has established for me, and it's part of that path that I'm supposed to be on. So even those nights when I'm asking God why, I still understand that our steps are ordered of the Lord. And so we just have to be 
uh, obedient to them even when it doesn't make sense. Ooh, that's so good. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so women out there, that was for me. Y'all can claim if you want to, but that one was for me. <laughs> All right, let's let's keep moving on. So Mary asked this question. How do you know which risk is the right one to take? All right. I love that question. Thank you so very much, Mary. I appreciate you asking that. So when you look at look at life, you know, um, you can look at a, like a seesaw, one side versus the other. What do I, what do, I do? What do I do? So first of all, the risk um, that, that you should take should always point to Christ and his kingdom. And it should always point to, um, to Jesus as Lord of your life. Here's the question that I always ask myself. In five years from now, will what I did matter for the kingdom? So I ask myself, five years from now, if I were coming back to today, will what I do did matter uh, for God's kingdom? And then the, the other question that I ask, does it add, add value to what I'm doing, uh, what I'm doing now? And so then with that, then that is the litmus test for me to take the risk. Of course, you don't uh, want to go without prayer. You want to pray. You want to study. You want to seek God. But then ask yourself the question, will it matter in my future? If it will make a difference for God's kingdom and it will make a difference in your community, the kingdom community and your generational line that God has assigned you to, then you go for it. If it does not point to Christ, and it will not add value in any way um, to what's happening now in the community or what's going to happen in the future community, then maybe it's something that you need to stop. Oh, my. Or, or not do. Wow. I love that. Um, um, Mary, I hope you heard that. First of all, this is what I heard, and I just want to make sure. We're pointing, it should all point to Christ, first of all, um, those who are those Christians, because we have some, you know, non-Christians on the, on the line as well. But how we, where our stance is, it should point to Christ, first of all. But there are certain things that we should not take a risk in. And if it doesn't align with, and can I, can I ask this question, if it doesn't align with our goals or align with our purpose, Dr. Amanda, then we should not be doing it? That's exactly right, because when you think about uh, your goals and your purpose, then if we're doing things out of alignment with that, it's like riding, driving on the wrong side of the road. In fact, you know, your purpose will start to wow. speak to you as it to emerge, you know, and then exactly right. What you said is exactly right. Very well phrased. I love it. I love it. So for me, everyone, and you all know my stance, if it doesn't align with God's will for my life, that is not what I will do. And what I mean by that, not just for my, my um, not just to uplift me, but who I'm supposed to uplift as well, who I'm supposed to encourage, who am I supposed to um, edify. And so if it doesn't align, I'm, I'm pretty much, I have turned down several engagements over the last few months only because that's not what God said for me to do. It looks great, and I am so appreciative, but, and I'm setting, saying this for a, a, a certain reason for someone. There are not everything is supposed to be with you, and you have to know what that is. And the only way to know that 
is that you have to, um, I think it was, not sure if it was you, Dr. Amanda, or Dr. Yvette, that said um, the five-year goal or the five-year plan and vision, if it doesn't align yeah. with that, you, you don't do it. It's just that simple. Just don't do it. Right. Yeah. May I add something? You remember David? He, um, you know, King mm. David wanted to build a. He wanted to build a temple for God. He wanted to build a house. He says, "I've been worshiping you in tents, and I have an extravagant life. I want to worship you in a place, and I want to build you a building. You know, and sometimes we have some good ideas, but I've heard people say a good yeah. idea is not always." idea, and it may not always be a right idea for you. And God said to him, he goes, hold up a minute. You know, you have done some great things, and you've shed a lot of blood along the way, and you have really worked hard for me. But I have reserved that for your son. But what I will allow you to do is you can get all the articles together, you can get the things together for him, and that's a generational piece. We need to get things together for those that are coming behind us not that they shouldn't work, but they should work smarter and have the ability to have the tools and the skills to be able to build the temple and build the things that God has called them to build. Well said. <laughs> I, can, well, I can shout on that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm rocking in the chair going back and forth. <laughs> I just got a text from someone. I just got a text from someone. They said it is important to take assignments and not engagement. What are your thoughts on that? I I I like that. And the assignments come from God according to your purpose. Like we were saying earlier in Psalm one thirty nine, in the mother's womb he knew you and at that point he formed you, he formed your purpose, he uh, he uh, uh, formed every part of you and I really like that. Assignments versus uh engagements. Now, so we must be clear that they, again, they all point to God. There's sometimes I've taken some engagements which led to an assignment, um, but, you know, it, it was something that it was yes. stepping stone that God approved it. And so it needs to be a God-ordained and God-approved. That was, uh, that was a word right there, whoever said that. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was um, Brother Elder Delji who came on in Texas. So we thank him for listening in and for sharing that with me. I want to move on because there are some other things, and I know some women are like, when are you coming to my question? So I, there's, there's a question that came forward, and that question um, is how to be assertive without appearing to be aggressive. So, Yvette, what I'm going to do is step back on that one because we talked about, uh, about that some. If you can just take that, do you mind? Okay, Sure. So um, we already mentioned about uh, Melissa saying that she she had a chip on her shoulder, and that was aggressive. Uh, in fact, we were laughing today. I think she used the word she was haughty. But at the same time, uh, but then things happened, uh, and her job situation changed, and it humbled her. But God, while we were sitting here talking, he shared with me a Jana story, Jana Lovelace, about, and it's in the book as well, about how she was overly aggressive. She was a, she had become a workaholic, and um, she worked herself into a place where she almost died. And 
she had to learn the difference, which I want you, I love the words that you use when you're talking about uh, the difference between assertiveness and aggress- being aggressive, but she was driven. And when, when mm. we are driven, we become aggressive. And sometimes we, uh, to the point that we're a workaholic, we forget about everything else around us, our families, our spouses, our children. And there is a dividing line that you have to understand. And when you, um, and humility is involved in that. So you want to take it from there, Dr. Goodson? Yeah, I'm trying to, I was trying to get off mute. Can you hear me? So, yes. yes, we can. Oh, perfect. So, you know, so looking at, at aggression, uh, the roots of aggression are, are based in a lot of times out of emotion and out of frustration. And so then uh, aggression can, can cause us to operate in a place where uh, we, we're out of alignment with who we're really called to be. You know, it makes me think about being a swan. You know, when you see a swan in the water, at least you can look at it, because we don't have a lot of water around here in Tucson, praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> well, we have a lot of swans, praise the Lord. But when you see a swan, the swan is the coolest um, bird or the coolest thing on the water. But when you get close, then pedaling fast. So it, in looking at a searcher, and asserting yourself, you pedal fast, but you're the coolest person in the room. Aggression, you know, it shows, shows on, your, on your face, your intonation, your inflection, you know, and that kind of thing. And so when you find that something is out of alignment and out of order, and I really like saying out of alignment, out of order, and outside of what God called you to be. And so when, we, when we're the calm delight and the calm is one in the room, and we can be... Uh, uh, meek and not be weak, and so then assert, assertive means that you you move forward with a cadence and a rhythm that is comfortable comfortable for you and comfortable for how God made you, so that you can feel good in your skin and you don't have to be pushy, you don't have to push back. What you do is you move forward with grace and move forward with ease because you know God is with you and He is surrounding you with His power and love. Mm. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. Amanda, that's I, good. Uh, when you that that thought came to me about Sharon Sharon Wamba King's story, how she was assertive. Uh, it wasn't aggression. Uh, she wasn't being aggressive. Things just when when she was asked to do things or an idea came to her, she she was like, okay, I can do this, and she took the steps necessary to accomplish it and be successful, she wanted to do one of the radio broadcasts. And she put all her plan together. She went to get permission to to do it at the college. And she was assertive, not aggressive. And she got everything she desired plus more. She so sure that's, that's the not- difference. Uh, go ahead. Yes. No, no. I was, just, I was like, that's, that, that was our miracle baby in the story talking about her, her um, being a, the miracle baby in the community. But, yeah, that's, I was just thinking about that. Keep going. Are you there yet? Yeah, yeah I thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, that I'm that she, she, in, go ahead. Multiple times that happened in her story was because she was she was not ingress, aggressive as in angry or frustrated. Because sometimes uh, we're aggressive and don't realize it, and it's because we bottled up our emotions. Uh, we've been disappointed or frustrated so many times in the marketplace as women when we didn't get the promotion that we felt like we deserved, and we probably we deserved it, and someone else got it, and sometimes it was a man who was less deserving. And so when we bottle those emotions up, it makes us um, aggressive. And we have to learn how to uh, not let anger uh that would not let the anger build up in us, in us because what does the word of God say? That a quiet answer turns away wrath. And so we have to, to guard our heart and our emotions in those situations. Yes, it was unfair. Yes, it was, it was not just. But we don't know what God's ultimate plan is for us. And so we may have to take a step back and say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to be aggressive or angry about this. I, I want to walk in humility. I want to walk in your love. I want to walk in your peace. And I will be assertive. I will do everything that I need to do as far as what my part and my responsibilities are. And then, God, I'll let you fight this battle for me. Mm. Mm. That's a very sound and solid um, answer to that because if we we wouldn't have to be um, so I don't know if we if you guys those who came on a little later they're they're definitely not just women of God when it comes to being spiritual leaders um, in the community at their churches but as pastors but and also engineers and but they are authors and so forth but they are life coaches. And so they have the ability to coach you through some things. And something that you said earlier, um, Dr. Amanda, that the, the aggressiveness is related to emotion. Did I get that correct? That is correct. And so That's if right. we keep in mind that the Lord will fight our battles, we just need only to be still in certain situations, um, whatever. When God says to fight, then we fight. There are times when we go have to go out. You see, uh, I can't think of who the who the person was. He said, "Shall I shall I go?" He said, "Yeah, go uh, and go fight and and recover all." There are times we will have to fight, but when the Lord wants you to be still, you have to know that battle is His. And I love that you said that, Doctor Yvette, because with that we won't be so aggressive. We'll just be assertive in the things that we need to be assertive in, and we won't have all those emotions attached that causes us to think irrationally. I think it was David, yes, First Samuel. I, um, and so it causes us to re- react instead of act. And I think that's a powerful thing when the, how you all brought that together to help us to not to be so aggressive. I know in my, in the last 10 years, there were times where I just got so involved emotionally that I, you could tell I had aggression on me. And and as a result, it impacted my health, which is not of God, <laughs> as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. And so <laughs> I thought about what you just said, and I'm like, why did not I knew this, but I should have heard it, um, especially two years ago. I should have heard that again, 
how aggression is attached to emotion, and if we are emotional, we can't allow the Lord, we can't operate um, spiritually because we're acting carnally, and we can't allow, allow the Lord to fight the battle. I think y'all just blessed me again, 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 again. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anything else you want to say on that before we go into about three or four more questions? Because I'm getting text at no. nine now. <laughs> I I, uh, I love the way you framed that and put that together. Um, that was really really good. One thing I want to add to it: there's times when I have just really been in 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 trouble from a standpoint that I was getting ready to lose my mind, and I was gonna go bama on somebody in one minute, and you know. <laughs> I mean, I promise I was getting ready to get rid of hold because I learned the windmill method when I was growing up. I was going to do the windmill method up in there. But, you know, I got to a point, God transitioned me to a place. Like um, I like what you said and what Yvette said about letting the Lord fight your battles. You know what I do when somebody treats me poorly? I say, God, I apologize, and please forgive them for treating you like that because when they do it to me, they have done it unto the Lord. And so then God is the one that goes before me. He's my rear guard, guard and my front guard. And so I just say, hey, God, I'm sorry they treated you that way. Um, you know, I don't know what you're going to do about that, but I'll be watching. And then, you know, sometimes I ask God to have mercy on these people because evidently they don't know him because if they knew him, they would not treat us the way they do. Mm-hmm. Listen, people, listen. So I want to ask this um, question. How do, you, how do you know when to take the leadership role? So um, do you want to start that with me, that, and then I can, I can take it from there? Okay. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the late Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, he defined leadership yes. as the capacity to influence others through inspiration motivated by passion, generated by vision, produced by a conviction, and ignited by a purpose. So if you're inspired, if you're motivated, if you have a passion and a vision, and it's ignited by a purpose, it's time for you to lead. So I God puts us in places where he sends us that I'm sending you there to ignite a passion in someone else. You have everything on the inside of you. I prepared you for this moment. We're going back to that Matthew 5. It's I'm putting you on this platform for you to shine. And so in order to do that, you're going to have to lead. So Dr. Gibson, she is the guru leader. I'm going to turn it back over to you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We were talking about leadership um, just yesterday, actually, and you know, I want everyone that is listening to the sound of my voice to hear this really well. Everybody is a leader. God did not make us to be followers over that which He created. Now. We are to be followers of him, followers uh, of what our belief systems um, suggest that we should follow. But everybody's a leader. Here's the other thing, too, I want you to get. You can lead from any chair. So you don't have to be on wow. the top of the 
you don't have to be top of the podium or the, or the, the platform. You don't have to be in the middle or low. No matter where you are, you can lead from any chair. Leadership is an attitude. Leadership Ooh. is ability to influence someone or influence something to move from where they are to a place of where they're purpose to be. And so when I know that I can lead from any chair, if I see a crack uh, in a window, if I see an open door, if I see opportunity, then I'm going to step in and I'm going to see what needs to be done that's not being done. And I'm going to wiggle myself into that place, into that space. And at that point, I'm going to influence from there because you can lead from any chair and you can influence from anywhere. Somebody tweet that and hashtag that somewhere. I do it before I get to it because I'm a I'm a show. Do it. <laughs> I love that. You can lead, you can lead from any chair and influence from anywhere. Did I get that right? You got that right. God called us mercy. He called us to be global. He said that we are not assigned by where we are. Right now, we are assigned by anywhere he needs to go. And what does John 3 8 says? You know, where the wind bloweth, nobody can tell. But you can go anywhere you need to go. You just like the wind. And wherever the wind blows and wherever God needs for you to be in the spirit, you can go stealth and, and lead and influence. You can be at the top of the heap and lead and influence. You can be at the bottom of the heap and lead and influence. Think about in church, even though. Uh, ushers are not at the bottom of the heap, but they're standing at the door. Try to get in when prayer is going on. They can be leading Say from it. that kitchen. They will not let you in and say, for instance, you want to go sit somewhere you shouldn't sit. They will get you up there and say, get up off that seat. Somebody. <laughs> go on the lead, Ursher. <laughs> right. There are times I came in church. And um, I tried to go and sit somewhere. They told me, no, you can't sit there. You got to sit over here. You can sit over here. Now, what's your preference? They did give me a choice of two places. And I was trying to go to another place. And they were like, no, uh uh-uh. So talk about leadership. You know, they they are leaders, and and we are too. Everybody on the call, everybody that, um, that, that is out there that will listen to this show, this wonderful show that Dancia is doing for, uh, for so many people is orchestrating for so many people. You are a leader. God said it, and you got to believe it. Wow. Lord have mercy. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, okay. Where am I at? Lord have mercy. Um, so we got a question <laughs> here. Um, this is so good. And I'm trying to, I was trying to jot some stuff down too. So how do you know when to take the leadership role? You're already a leader, Sister Karen. There you go. <laughs> I love hey, it. How do you handle any, that's right. <laughs> How do you handle any sexual harassment abuse against you and or other people around you? Okay. I'll, I'll take that one. Here, here's the thing. Short and simple uh, first, and then I'm going to give, give the uh, explanation. You should say something. If you're being mistreated in any kind of way you need to speak up because it's happening so many places now here's the thing that i would say if you're inviting it by laughing at it being around it when they're doing it then then i would ask you to leave the conversation just like 
uh, I was texting a group. I was in a group, and I saw where people left the conversation. You need to leave the chat. You need to leave the, the text. You need to leave the room. And first, I would seek God. And then I would seek wise counsel. If that's a pastor or one of your uh, leaders in authority, a person that you trust. Some things you just can't trust to everybody. But I would go and discuss it with someone that I trust, and I would say something. And there are systems in the workplace. If you're in the workplace, then I would allow that system work and work for me in that particular uh, circumstance. Or if you're in a community, uh, in a community, there's always someone that can help you. And I would pray for God to reveal to me who that person is that's going to help me walk this out and walk this through, because that can cause trauma and long-term pain. And I speak to anyone that has gone through that and anyone that's dealing with the trauma, and then I ask God to take that out by the root so that you can um, move forward in a way that God wants you to. But you got to say something. Don't stay in the room when it's happening. Don't allow, or don't allow someone to abuse you physically, emotionally, mentally with their words or uh, with any, anything that is inappropriate. I appreciate that answer because I know um, someone was bold enough to ask the question, but there are several, you know, on, on the platform, but there are several who ask behind the scenes, and it's amazing to to see how many women are still, you know, going through this. But then you're right. Some of us don't have the appropriate um, response <laughs> in the meantime, and so we're kind of saying it's okay, and that's not okay. And so I appreciate that that answer. Um, how so? I'm gonna say Pastor T, but Terrilyn says this. How how do we listen to the me that has the right idea and how to tune out the me that would talk me out of the, that idea? <laughs> I'm going to start that with, and uh, Dr. Yvette will follow up. So, you know, so there's a lot of me. We have a board of directors in our brain, you know, so you can hear yourself talk. You can also hear God. We can hear self speak. You can hear God speak, and you can hear the enemy speaking. Some of us have a board of directors. One, a board of director member is anger. Another one is irritation. Another one might be oppression or one or offense or, you know, whatever the words are. And so they each one have a signature. And that's the thing you got to look at. What is the signature of the voice that is speaking now? And so then if I were to follow the thread of the signature and the, the uh, punctuation at the end of the sentence, does the punctuation end up with the cross or Jesus, with with uh, belief in God, does the end of the sentence point to uh, God in your life and what God is doing in your life, or does it point to destruction, does it point to frustration, does it point to separation, does it point to um, fighting and, you know, and that kind of thing, because where it points to will give you the idea or give you the direction of which me is speaking. Always go with the God me. And I have people to say to me sometimes, well, I don't know if it's me or God. And I ask them a question, what's the difference? If you're in God and God is in you and, 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 you're, one, and you're one with him, sometimes in some instances we are not one with him. We are one with something else. <laughs> and so, and so wow. when you're being one with when you're creating a threefold core or a core with something else, then you, then you can stop. Ephesians chapter 3, 
truth says that the um, that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. And so that means that he is the principality or he's the prince of vicious cycles of negativity. And so if the me is talking is negative, if the me is judgmental, if the me, if the me that's talking is complaining, if the me that is talking is defensive, if the me that is talking is not loving, and it does not, you know, ask us about the church today, which fruit of the Spirit are you going to use to deal with that? If this does not point to the fruit of the Spirit and the operation of God in a place of wisdom and in a place of faith, then it might be the wrong me. And uh, Pastor Longmire, Robin Longmire, in her chapter, talks about love. And so when you look at love, the me that is speaking that is the loudest should be love. And then faith cannot work without love. Faith worketh by love. So as you're operating in faith and you're operating in love, then you have a signature that points to God. So look at the signature of the sentence and look at the punctuation at the end of the sentence, and then you'll know which me is speaking. <laughs> I didn't so know that, did you have to go to English. <laughs> <laughs> go get an English lesson, that's right. <laughs> you got something to add again or? I know Dancy's been taking good notes on that. Yes. Uh, um, one thing that I, I wanted to interject, and it lines right up with Amanda, um, was this, that in John ten twenty seven it says what? My sheep hear my voice, and I know Woo! them, and they follow me. And so how do I get to know God's voice? First of all, I have to study God's word. Because he'll only speak his word to you. And then the next thing, how else do I get to know God's voice? By prayer and communing. Um, it's just like you and I, we're getting to know each other, Dan, here over the process of what we've talked, we've had conversations, we've listened to each other. Um, mm-hmm. all, uh, and so we become acquainted by fellowship. And so that's how I learned whether uh, to listen to that right voice or the right idea, or is this the wrong idea. Also, the the scripture says that in Proverbs 26, um, excuse me, 24 and 6, it says, for by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. There is safety. And so am I talking to wise people? Because like like, um, uh, Dr. Gibson said, you know, you're hearing all these voices, so you may have connected yourself to unwise counsel, and you don't know it because you haven't gotten in the Word or been still long enough for God to speak to you for you to hear his voice. Wow. Thank that's you good. on that one, Dr. Yvette. That's good. Yeah. That's good, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> We have to know the voice of the Lord. I, there's nothing I have to add to that. That's just a that's an exclamation point right there. Right, right. So, um, Dr. Darlene has this question, and she's n- newly um, received her doctorate, and so happy for her. She said, "How do you react to and work with male members who feel women should not have leadership positions?" 
So that has been a very long, long um, challenge list of, of things after another, being the first, being the first in the in engineering, being the first in, in the workplace, being the first. And so, you know, we will always come against um, uh, up uh, against the challenge of men thinking that that you shouldn't be uh, in doing what you're doing, and then you're dealing with that. That um, and, and nothing against the men that are on the line. I really appreciate your leadership. Learned so much from from you in that. Um, what what I do is I, I learned that um, not to not to react. I used to react, and I found that um, that there are some people in the workplace they see your button because you have it real big and bold on your shoulder on your back, and they mask they press those buttons. They look to press those buttons to get you to react. You know what I found out in reading the scripture that God does not uh, react, he acts. And so when we get on the other side of reaction and we get to a place of action and we call those things that be not as if they were, regardless of who is in the workplace and how they treat us, I'm calling this mine. I'm calling that this is the direction that God is saying that I, I'm going in and I'm asking uh, God what he wants done and I go do that. And so I have to get in my own mind, uh, set, I have to get in my own mindset that I'm of God. And then I get out of my mind and into the spirit, and then I operate from that place. Because if I look to my left and right too much, in which I have done that, and then I start comparing, or they, they start telling me what I'm not and what I should be and how I should be and that kind of thing, then we get confused. And God is not the author of confusion. So he doesn't call us to um, react. He calls us to act. And so we call those things that be not as if they were. And what I do is, is I set up a barrier between me and me, and then I, I, I respond in the way that God would want me to respond. Hopefully that was helpful. Thank you, uh, Dr. Yeah, that Dr. is. Uh, that is very helpful. something to go along with that. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, so if we look at numbers with 13 and 33. And it said, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Right. So part of uh, not reacting and, 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 and showing, taking the action of uh, being assertive and overlooking their ignorance is I know who I am in Christ. I'm not a grasshopper. And mm. I'm not going to let you make me feel like I'm a grasshopper because I know I'm well-deserving of anything that I've obtained. I worked for it. It wasn't given to me. Yes. So first of all, my mind is renewed to know who I am. I'm a child of the Most High God, so I'm not intimidated by you. I, uh, um, In fact, Catherine, uh, Kat has a story. Oh, imagine her going to the Naval Academy when they first started accepting women. They didn't even have uniforms for them. And she had to endure a lot when it came to uh, men feeling like she shouldn't be there. And it happened to me when I first graduated from college in 81, and I went to work uh, for the government, and I'm all excited about being an, an engineer and a gentleman there, it wasn't just that I was a black female engineer. It was because I was a female, period. 
his attitude was every woman should be at home. And the first assignment I got, and I share the story in the book. Uh, I won't go into all of the details. You have to get the book to read what happened. But the first assignment right. that I did, he just marked all of it like it was trash. But God told me what to do and how to handle it. And when I did, his entire attitude changed because I didn't see myself as a grasshopper. And he finally realized I wasn't one either. But if we don't um, know who we are in Christ, anybody can intimidate you. But when we go in and we, we're prepared and we're ready, people will find out that they're not, that we're not their enemy, that we came to actually complement what they already have. In fact, the, you know, uh, the, the difference with what I grew up with and as far as being a woman in ministry, there were times when I would go with my husband uh, and he would be ministering and they would invite the pastors or the ministers to come up front and they would act like I wasn't even standing there. And I had a choice to let their ignorance, and I, I say that in a loving way, to let their un, their, the, the lack of knowledge cause me to be oppressed or feel bad or to just pray for them and keep it moving. So I chose to pray yeah. for them to keep it moving. So that's a choice. That's good. I remember when you were going through uh, some of that and you did not allow that to define you, to shake you, or to, to um keep you from propelling and excelling. And so what you did was you excelled, you found your place, you held your head up, and whether you liked the lead from any chair, you sat there and you prayed and you did whatever you needed to from any chair. So um, that's amazing. I remember one time uh, when I was working at NASA and I had just got the, the job of being the director of safety and mission assurance over the propulsion systems for the space shuttle. And this uh, one, one gentleman he came into my office, and I'm telling you, my office was big. I could turn flips. I had a TV. I had two admins and my own conference room. And, and, and when I came here, God gave me a little 10 by, uh, maybe a 6 by 6 cube. So I went from that to that. But I was in there and had my big, big desk and big all these types of things. And then so the guy came and he knocked on my door, and he came and he sat down. And he told me, you should not have, he said to me, you should not have this job. He said, I, wanted to, I want to let you know that I am going to file a grievance against you because you're a woman and you should not have this job. And then so he says, well, now that I'm thinking about it, even though I'm still going to file a grievance, I know that you got more degrees than me because at that point I had higher level degrees. I had worked on every element of the propulsion systems on the space shuttle. He said, even though you have worked on every element on the propulsion systems as well as Halos that flew in the Manifest Bay, he said, I'm still mad at you because I should be the next in line because you are younger than me. I was like 35, 36 years old. You are younger than me. You're a woman, and you're not strong enough, and you're not going to be ham- you're not going to handle this. And I told, I said, I got four words for you, sir. And he says, what are those? I said, get out of my, five, excuse me, uh, five words, get out of my office. <laughs> he told me, he says, I'm not leaving. He says, I told you I'm filing a grievance. You shouldn't have it because you, you, you're not going to be able to handle it. And I said, I said again, get 
out of my office. And he said wow. he wasn't going to leave us. I told him it wasn't a problem, so I left. I told the ladies that was, were serving me at the time, I said, when he leaves, give me a call. I left. I'm not dealing with you, and I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Now, here's the other thing. When you're seated, seated in the seat and you your name is on the, that org chart and wherever it is, they can't take anything away from you because God gave it to you, and there's nothing they can do about it. They can talk as much as they want. And uh, it's what they say, talk as much as you please. The more you talk, I'm going to bend my knees. They can talk and they can do whatever. Your name is on that chart. You are seated, seated in that seat. You don't have to prove anything to them. It is already done. Lord have mercy. Amen. I'm so glad. Amen. That's really, <laughs> that's an amen. So I hope you ladies have just a little bit more time to answer two more questions. Do you, do you have that time? Sure. We're happy to. Sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, I want to go back to a question by um, Nedra. She also asked, how to how do you manage or maneuver um, the the male perception? And I think you've pretty much answered it. That women are less capable because of our gender. And so I think you kind of answered it, but I want to make sure I put the question out. Still, how do you manage or maneuver? Thank you, Nedra. How are you, um, Dr. Rice? Do you want to take this one, or do you want me to go? Um, well. I just want to interject the thing we said already. Was the first thing, you have to know who you are because you cannot let other people define you. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Um, Goodson, we were talking about this actually today. Was it today or yesterday? It was yesterday morning. We were talking about this. You cannot allow anyone else to define who you are. When you mm. do that, we give them power. The only someone who really knows us is our creator. He has the manual. He created us. So if I allow someone from the outside who knows nothing about me, my makeup, and who I was created to be, define me with their words, I already lose. So right. the first thing you have to do, if you feel that way about yourself, or if they've made you feel like that you're not deserving, or 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 that that you shouldn't be in those places or positions. You need to renew your mind. You need to mm. go to the Word of God, study mm. every scripture that talks about. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm on the top. I'm on and not on the bottom. You know, I'm above. You know, you need to build yourself up. In fact, I I. Uh, once I uh, put together something one time called the Fest Confession of a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful woman a woman of God I think is what I called it and I broke those words down confession you have to speak life to yourself because if you don't in fact David had to do it he encouraged himself in the Lord you have to start speaking life over yourself if you have to stand in a mirror every morning and declare who you are to build your own self up so that when you go out there, you're not affected by it because it's just like in some circumstances, uh, the marketplace can be like a lion who smells blood. And wow. in, in our situation, if the blood is your weakness or showing a sign of weakness, 
or intimidation, they'll pounce on it. So I had to learn how to build myself up with scripture and God and let, and allow God to remind me who I am, whose I am, what he created me to be, how fearfully and wonderfully made I am. In fact, yes. that, that I would love to have seen that professor that told me I would never be an engineer because I did graduate and I wasn't a, I worked as an engineer. I would love to have been able to see and maybe God didn't want me to because I probably wouldn't have acted in a humble way. But <laughs> but I did not let that I did not let the words that he spoke to me define Thank you, me. Jesus. Thank you. And, and may, may, may I say and that was that was really good. Here's here's the thing. I'll teach you how to treat me. You know, I don't go in. I used to say, well, I'm not really good at that. This is not my best subject, and I'm, I don't do that very well. And then I found out later on they started using that against me. You know, I said, never again. I'm not going to give you anything that you can use against me. And so when I know that there's a male out there that has some deception, some people just are so hard. You know, God told, uh, um, uh, he told Moses in, Exodus chapter 7, I need you to see yourself as God over that Pharaoh. And then once you see yourself and you have re-architected the way you see yourself, it's exactly what he's saying, you have re-architected in your mind the way you see yourself, then I'm going to start giving you some commands. And even though Pharaoh's heart may be harder, I'm going to start doing some miracle signs and wonders, and then Pharaoh eventually has got to believe. So I go and I teach you how to treat me. And another thing I'll do if I know that there's somebody that has a perception or against me, I'll go and I'll do a drive-by by your office when you're not there. And I'll start speaking into the atmosphere. Amanda Goodson is a strategic thinker. She is really good. She is smart. I'm on our team. We need to keep her. And matter of fact, let's pay her more and work her less. And I'll start saying that in the atmosphere because I'm in the atmosphere don't be you know, there's no time or season of day. And then when they walk into my voice and walk into that place, then they got to be, it's got to be caught up because it is getting caught up by the spirit. Even though they may have an evil spirit, their spirit still is going to catch it up. And I teach you how to treat me and how to see me. Amen. Mm. Amen. Y'all, get an y'all, amen. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yes. Amen. And don't let others yeah. define you. Woo! Yes. Right. Okay. And we, so, we talk like thank you. We talk, yeah, we talk like it's so perfect, and we are perfect at it, and we don't have any challenges. Yeah, we still are overcomers as well, you know, but these are some principles that I seek to apply. And another thing, like I like what Yvette says, then I apply the word to it. And if that means I got to go rub myself with some word, that's word that's salve or bomb, that's what I'm going to do. There is a bomb in Gilead, and I'll go minister to myself and come back out with my head up. I'll walk a little faster, and I wish you would say something to me now, because, see, I got the robe of righteousness on me, and God is protecting me because I'm in the shadow of his wings. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Did did y'all, okay, listeners, you may have not heard this, but they are also pastors, and so they're going to come out preaching a little bit at times, too, and I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. All right, one more. Um, Miss Joanne had this question. 
how do you take on the role with humility, the leadership role with humility and strength without appearing to be weak and confident as a contradiction in terms? And I really think you just answered it, too. Yeah. Events, you going to take it? I think she's coming in a minute. Uh, just because we're meek and humble does not mean that we're weak. Just because we're meek does not mean we're weak. When we're humble, that is strength under control. And That's we right. are all yeah, we're, we're in control. And so when I'm humble, that equals control to me. It doesn't mean that you step on me. doesn't mean that you mistreat me. doesn't mean that, that I'm any less than. Okay, looks like we um, we lost them for now. We'll get them back on in just a moment. Um, let me just check and take a look. Um, Dr. Yvette, are you back on? Yes, I am. I'm back on now. Awesome. All right, so we were talking about um, how to take on the role with humility and strength, and Dr. Amanda was saying just because you're meek and, and humble doesn't mean that you're weak. And so if you want to just kind of go from there, Right. Uh, well, think, look at Jesus. I mean, he was our prime example of walking in humility but being strong. Um, I, I, yes. I, I've often laughed when I read about him and how he reacted to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. and uh, They didn't even know that Jesus had politely told them off until it was over with, and I guess they had to think about it. Um, he was mm-hmm. very humble. But at the same time, his words were strong and true and cutting. So in in our role, we have to walk in humility because God tells us what to humble ourselves up under his mighty hand, and he will exalt us in due season. So I I can have – humility means strength under control, and I think Dr. Amanda probably shared that. Is yes, we have to have that strength, but at the same time, we're not a doormat. And what I mean by that wow. is, there are people who walk in false humility. You know, we 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 oh, I'm not deserving of this, blah blah blah. Well, no, yes, you are, because the Bible says you're deserving. So, I, if if your humility is undermining the Word of God about who you are and who he created you to be, that's not humility. You're walking in a lie because of who God says we are. So that's that's one perspective, way to look at it, is just because I'm sure of who I am in Christ doesn't make me haughty. It just makes me sure of who I am in Christ. And so we have to understand and balance it, and balance that according to the word of God. If you know, and I, I've had people to say, "Oh, you know, you, you, you know, you, you too sure of yourself." No, I'm sure of God because my daddy said he has my back. So if if I know my father is with me, he said, "What did he say?" In um, I think it was in I just looked at the scripture. Oh, in Isaiah 41 and 10, it says, "Fear not." For I am with you. 
Be not dismayed, for I, your God, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So if he's upholding me, then the Holy Spirit in me will tell me if I'm out of order. Because um, the way I carry myself in Christ, sure, you're supposed to walk in assurance. You're supposed to walk in the authority. What is this show? Kingdom authority. You have been given authority and you walk in it. Now, some people may not understand that your boldness to walk in that authority because they don't know who they are in Christ. Does that mean that I change the way I walk or change my talk? No. I have to walk in who Christ created me to be and according to his word. I, I like that. You said walk in confidence and not confidence because anything right. outside of and outside of uh, humility is a contradiction to who God called you to be. And so we don't have to That's apologize right. for being the beautiful, wonderful, amazing women that God called us to be and men. Because that's that's what who he said it was in the in the garden. He said I, that I, he blessed us. He said man, male and female, he blessed us, meaning he made a command on us, which includes humility, which includes assertiveness, which includes love, and and all the words that you can add to that. So he made a command on us, and through the blessing to cause us to be the best that we could ever be. Uh, you know, so Absolutely. you know. Yes, Ephesians 3.20 makes me think to him, think about that. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, think according to the power, meaning humility, strength under control, that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus in yes. all generations. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. I am so appreciative. I want to get us wrapped up um, on tonight. And I, I thank you all because you have just poured out and poured into, um, poured out from yourselves and poured into a lot of people on tonight. And I'm getting the responses already um, via, you know, different platforms. So thank you very much. I want to do a quick little wrap-up um, conversation and have one of you close out in prayer. So can you please just let us know, again, the book, the name of the book, um, and that you you all author, and also where can they get the book? All right, the name of the book is Women in Leadership: Living Beyond Challenges, and you can find it on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and put in Women in Leadership: Living Beyond Challenges, or either put Dr. Yvette Rice or Dr. Amanda Dixon's name in there, then the book should pop up. Uh, on Amazon, we have a hard copy paperback, and then next week the ebook will be out, and then within a couple of weeks we'll be on Barnes and Noble. So uh, hopefully we'll be out there so that you can all get the book. and And I think Dr. Rice is going to close us in prayer. Put her on the spot. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you all ready for prayer to close yes, out? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Father, we just thank you for this time. This has been a tremendous evening, Lord. Uh, we know that you have penetrated the airways, that lives are being changed, that women and men have been encouraged, God. We praise you and thank you for the opportunity to uh, be on this wonderful platform with Minister Dantia, to be able to let our light shine before men 
God, that they may see your good works. And so, Father, we pray for this broadcast. We pray for those women and men that are listening, that their hearts are open to recognize who they are in you, that each one of us has purpose, each one of us have been called and called out, Lord God, to reach a dying world that does not know about you, Lord. And so, Father, tonight we thank you. We thank you for increase. We thank you for the other authors who have poured their hearts out uh, according to your obedience to share and change the lives of so many women. And, God, we thank you again for this opportunity, and we just thank you for all of the hands and minds and hearts that had to go in to get this work done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I am so honored. Thank you again for choosing me. Um, I'm definitely going to be promoting this all week long. And so those who didn't get a chance to listen on tonight or you just, I see some of you just now coming on, you can definitely do um, click the links and do the replay. Make sure to go to Amazon.com and in a couple of weeks or so, Barnes & Noble, if some of you just want to do it through ebook downloaded an ebook I think the next couple of days or so um, you said um, Dr. Amanda and then I want you to support these great women um, I believe that this is going to help a lot of us live beyond the challenges that we face in our life Dr. Amanda Goodson Dr. Yvette Rice I want to thank you so much for joining the Kingdom Authority broadcast it has been a tremendous pleasure and I'm honored. I'm, I'm tremendously honored, and I appreciate both of you. We appreciate you. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank sorry, you very Dr. much. Lisa, go ahead. Our, we see it as a privilege, or I, we we both see it as a privilege to be online with you today. So thank you so much. Praise God. All right, everyone. This has been the Kingdom Authority broadcast. I'm KAB with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. I am super excited that you were able to join us tonight. I hope you're operating with authority in your territory. You have some tools from tonight from Dr. Yvette and Dr. Amanda. You can move forward. Anyone can utilize what was said tonight and move forward. Once again, thank you for so much for joining the KAB, and I appreciate you for joining Dancia Jones-Morrison tonight. God bless you.